Well, I want to continue uh, with our series on discipleship, which I am thoroughly enjoying. I hope you are too. And I want to talk about discipleship and fruitful living. The discipleship is about fruitful living. I've been out in the garden recently. I was out there spraying the weeds uh, with weed killer. And as I was going past the apple tree, being very careful to avoid it, I noticed that the branches of our apple tree are absolutely laden with fruit this year. Very exciting. I don't really know why. It's only a very small tree, actually. Very small indeed. But there's so much fruit on it. I haven't really done an awful lot to, to make that fruit come. It's kind of, I hacked it back, what, sorry, pruned it uh, <laughs> last year in a very careful way, right back, and look what's happened this year. It's absolutely incredible. So I'm very excited about my apple tree. Um, and, but I felt like when I was out in the garden, God speak to me about fruitfulness. And of course, I couldn't help but think of what Jesus said about pruning and about his father, uh, how he looked after the vine. And I just feel like this is a picture of fruitfulness that God wants us to get hold of today as we live as disciples of Jesus. Because um, this, th- there was this picture of the vine that he shared uh, with his disciples in John chapter 15. And uh, it, was a, it wasn't about apple trees, obviously, but these fruitful vines that are in Israel. And these vines were presumably all around the disciples and all around Jesus as he walked around Israel. And this, this uh, story Jesus told, to, or this illustration Jesus gave to his disciples, actually just as they left the upper room before he was crucified. And so I can imagine Jesus is kind of walking from the upper room and they were passing a vineyard, or is it a vineyard, on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's like this picture of the vine just suddenly came to Jesus and he starts talking like this. In John chapter 15, it'll come up on the screen as well, but Jesus just turns to his disciples as he's walking along and he says, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener, and he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. He says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you, so remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine, and neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I I'm the vine, you are the branches, and if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. And this is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." Bearing much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. There's evidence of a disciple of Jesus. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you disciples to go and bear much fruit, fruit that will last. So this is how, Jesus says, this is how you recognize one of my disciples' fruitful lives. My disciples will have fruitful lives. And discipleship is about fruit bearing. And the disciples of Jesus have been chosen to bear much fruit. 
Did you know that? You have been chosen by Jesus to bear much fruit. And it's not just any old fruit either. Jesus says that this is fruit that will last. It will last. It will continue, meaning that the fruit isn't going to be limited just to certain seasons, but there's an ongoing fruit bearing of the disciples of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? You don't have to wait for the spring and the summer. We can produce fruit as disciples of Jesus all year round. That's the picture. And it's our true calling and purpose to bear fruit for the glory of God. But for the vine too, this is its only purpose. There isn't any other purpose for a vine, which is why it's such a good picture for us. Because you see, vines aren't good for anything else other than fruit bearing. The wood isn't very good. It's soft and bendy. You can't make anything with it. And it doesn't burn very well. And their leaves don't really provide any shade for us. Although they can be eaten in certain places. You can eat vines. So basically, a vine's only purpose, its sole purpose, is fruit bearing. And it does so through its branches. And so this is the picture that Jesus has given us, that he is the vine and we are the branches. And so for us too, the main aim of our lives, the main purpose, why we exist as disciples of Jesus is to produce fruit for him, to be fruitful in our lives. Isn't that wonderful? Are you fruitful then? As a disciple of Jesus, are you fruitful Because fruitful living is how we show ourselves to be the disciples of Jesus. Well, what does it mean to be fruitful? What does it mean to have a fruitful life? Well, it's about fulfillment. It's about fulfillment in Christ. It's about connection. It's about production. It's about growing in our relationship with God. It's about growing in obedience. It's about growing spiritual fruits of peace, joy, love and hope. I mean, do you think, for example, that you know Jesus better today than you did five years ago? That's a fruit in your life. Do you think that you have more peace and more love in your life than you did last year? That's fruit growing in your life. It's being fruitful. It means living lives that are increasingly looking, sounding, feeling like Jesus. That's what it is to have a fruitful life. It means displaying his righteousness. It means doing good wherever you go. It means healing the sick. It means casting out demons and preaching the good news. It's doing the stuff, as Martin was sharing with us so brilliantly last week. Are you doing the stuff? Are you doing the stuff? Are you praying for people? Are you sharing your faith with people? That's what it means to be fruitful. And it kind of bursts out from you. It's not something you have to force. You don't have to force a vine to produce fruit. It does it. It just does it because that's what its purpose is. And it's the same for us. And I don't think it's just about an individual thing either. I don't think it's just about my life. We can live in quite an individualistic society. But if you look at grapes, they don't tend to appear on the vine in ones and twos. They appear in great bunches of communities of of grapes on the vine, and they hang down. So this isn't just a picture for us as individuals. It's also a picture for us as communities of believers, branches of Jesus' church all over the world, fruitful. Jesus says, I have called you and chosen you, 
people of God, churches of Jesus Christ to be fruitful, to live fruitful lives on the earth. Isn't that wonderful? And do you know what? I, I believe, I sincerely believe this. You know, sometimes we get fruit envy. Anybody? You know, you hear about another miracle that's happened there. Oh, for goodness sake. Or you hear about another salvation over there. And you try to say, yeah, praise God. But you're thinking inside, but I didn't have any part of it. Well, this is the good thing. We're part of this worldwide international family of God, these communities of fruit bearers, so that when one part of the body celebrates, we can genuinely celebrate with them and take their story as being our story. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. We are a fruitful vine. Did you know that Christianity is still growing faster in the world than any other world religion? More people are becoming Christians today than at any other time in history. Did you know that? There was an article I was reading in the newspaper this week, in the independent newspaper, and they were saying how many young people are becoming Christians at the moment. And do you know why they're becoming Christians? Because they're being taken on school trips to visit church buildings and having encounters with God in those buildings and saying, I've got to do something about this. This is a secular newspaper reporting the fruitfulness of the kingdom of God on earth today. Is that exciting? I think that's exciting. Praise God. But, you know, just as with my apple tree, where I've done very little other than avoid killing it with weed killer to produce fruit, we don't produce fruit because of our own ability or greatness, but we do so because of our relationship with Jesus. He is the life-giving vine. It's the connection to Jesus that causes us to produce fruit. And it's the work of his Father that enables us to produce more and more fruit. So I just want to explore this picture with you. I just want to take it apart for you, this well-known passage. And the first thing that we need to see from Jesus' teaching here is that Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the vine, but he's not the branches. That's us. So Jesus is the trunk that we come out of. He is the source of life. He's where we get our nutrients. He's where we get our life. He is the root. He is the strength of our life. We need to be connected to him. But he's so identifying because if you use another picture, the body of Christ, he so identifies with us. He's also the whole vine. So there's life throughout the vine, which is Jesus. And it's because of Jesus and the life that he brings that we have the privilege of being the branches and the means by which fruit appears on the vine. He chooses. He chooses to work through us. Isn't that amazing? You know, Jesus is the vine. He could do it all by himself in theory, but he chooses to limit himself. He chooses to use you and me. And the reason we don't get used more, I think, is because we have no concept of our identity in relation to that vine. We have no concept of the fact that Jesus has chosen to work through you. He's chosen to work through me. He's chosen to limit himself, if you like. Isn't that amazing? This is an identity thing. I am connected to Jesus, and his life goes through me, and I produce fruit. Isn't that amazing? I'm sorry, I'm a bit excited today. I feel like God's really spoken to me about this. God has got fruitfulness for you. Fruitfulness for our lives. Fruitfulness for this church. And I'm excited about that. 
So it's because of Jesus and the life that he brings that we have this privilege. He chooses to work through us. But at the same time, vines, I've been doing loads of research about vines. I've learned loads about vines recently. I'm even thinking of getting one. But, you know, vines don't just produce fruit without care and attention. They do. There is a certain amount of fruit. But to get really good fruit, they need a bit of care and attention. They're a bit fussier than apple trees. And they have to be cultivated over several years until they reach maximum fruit yield. So here's my research. What I've discovered is this, that in the first year or two of the vine, it's about allowing that vine just to get established in the ground. So in that first year or two, the gardener will come along, and if he sees any kinds of attempts at producing fruit, he'll just snip it off. He'll snip it off and say, no, it's not time for you to be producing fruit yet. Have you ever felt that in your life? You've gone through a time where you just think, well, Lord, I, I want to burst out with fruit. It's just been limited at the moment. He says, no, you just need to get bedded down. You just need to get your roots right. You need to get your sense of purpose and identity from the vine. Just stay there for a bit. So the vine in the first two or three years isn't allowed to produce any fruit. After the second full year of growth in year three, you think, yes, now it's time to produce the fruit. No. The gardener comes along and he snips back all of the branches that have grown in the year first one and two. It's pruned right back and it just leaves a few canes which are then tied onto a trellis or onto wires. They're trained. They go through a period of time where the branches are trained to grow. And then in the third year, going into year four, the vine starts to produce fruit. Jesus is the mature vine. And from day one, he is ready to produce fruit through us. Through From day one. He's rooted and he's grounded in good soil. He's well established. But this isn't always the case with the branches. So discipleship is needed. We need to go through periods of training. We, we need to be cleaned. We need to be pruned so that we can be prepared for fruit bearing. And discipleship has to be done deliberately. We have to seek it ourselves and we have to help one another with this and and learn to grow fruitful lives, learn to be rooted and grounded in faith and understand who we are now in Christ so that we can produce fruit. So I just wanted to say that because I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to feel, well, they've got so much more fruit than I have. Or the church down the road is so much more fruitful than the church here. I don't want you to feel discouraged because there are times and seasons for the production of fruit. And God is training us. He's discipling us into what it means to be fruit bearers. Into what it means to be fruit bearers. Amen? But we're coming in, I believe, to the season of fruit production. I believe that. We're we're coming into that season. And Jesus says we can be confident of this because we have a wise gardener. We have the Father. And he's an expert at what he does in maximizing fruit production. Okay, so you've been worried about your yield. It's okay. There is a very wise Father who's the gardener, and he's walking through his garden. Let's just talk about the Father. Let's just talk about this gardener for a moment. So he's the one who carefully planted the vine. 
He's the one who waters it and it feeds it. And he's the one who cares for, looks after, watches over the vine and the branches. And he's the one that makes sure everything is perfect so that it can produce fruit. And there are three things that Jesus tells us the Father does to make sure that this happens. First of all, in verse 2, it says that he cuts off unfruitful branches. Verse 2, he cuts off, or the word is, he takes away every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You see, the Father wants us to thrive where we are planted. Did you know that? He wants you to thrive. He wants your life to be a thriving, fulfilled, fruitful life. He wants you to thrive where you're planted. He wants every one of these branches to produce the maximum amount of fruit. And so as time goes on, some of these branches can become unfruitful. You know, they might not have been initially, but they can become so. There's all kinds of stuff that happens in our lives, and it makes us unfruitful for a period of time. And so God comes very close at that time, and he cuts them off. Or he moves them to another place on the vine so that they can be fruitful again. He cuts them off, or he moves them. He repositions them into a place where they can be fruitful again. Because he wants you to be fruitful. Do you understand that? He wants fruitfulness from your life, which is why sometimes people have to move to another place in order to grow. Sometimes they do, or they need to go to another job to learn, or other churches and communities, even other relationships to be truly fruitful, and that's the wisdom of God because he wants us to thrive. (laughs) I'm so glad he wants us to thrive. He's not about cutting you back just so that, right, that'll teach him, that'll stop him. It's kind of, no, I want to move you here so that you can thrive in a whole different realm. (laughs) I want you to produce far more fruit than you've ever known before. There's another meaning here as well. So there's the cutting off, but this word uh, to cut off is aero, which isn't a chocolate bar, spelt differently, but it means to be lifted up. Cut off or lifted up. So Jesus, it could be translated, every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he, he just lifts it up. He lifts it up. He repositions it. So some of these will be cut off. Some of these branches are cut off and moved somewhere else. But others are lifted up. And I found out this fact that it's usually the younger branches that he needs to come along and he needs to pick them up. And they, the younger branches, you see, they're not so strong and they just have this tendency to trail along the ground because they're thin and they're unable to support themselves. And they're branches that are untrained and so they need to be guided along the rail. They need to be positioned with wire so that they can grow and start to move towards fruit production. Or perhaps these branches, these branches that are lying along the ground, they've been damaged You know, life damages Christians. Did you know that? You've been producing fruit so well for so long, but then damage comes, stuff happens. And for a period of time, you're just on the ground. Anybody? (laughs) You're just on the ground. You've got no fruit production going on at all. In fact, when you're on the ground, you've got trodden on a bit, and then the rain has come, you've got a bit muddy, and you've even gone a bit moldy. Yeah? I know what I'm talking about. And so the father comes along, he says, and he picks it up. 
He picks it up, lifts them out of the dirt. So this is what the vine dresser will do. The, the gardener will come along and he'll pick them and he'll clean them. He'll wash them and he'll restore them and he'll fix them back into the place where he wants them positioned for fruit production. So you've been trodden on, you've been muddy, you've been dirty, you've been lying on the ground. Well, the Father is coming, I believe for some of you even today, he wants to pick you up. He wants to lift you up, he wants to take you in his hands and he wants to reposition you and strengthen you so that you can receive the nutrients that's in the vine. Amen? I can just imagine the father, he's walking along and he's just walking through his garden because he says that how he does this is he speaks to the vine. That's how he does it. He says, my word makes you clean. So he speaks along and he walks along and he says, my word is going to make you clean. My word is going to make you clean. As he comes along, he picks us up and he speaks his word of strength and power to us and he makes us clean and he restores us again. Because he wants you to be productive. He wants you to be fulfilled. He wants you to produce fruit. Doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. That's his heart. Amen. Once they've been washed, he lifts them up and he wraps them around the trellis. This is what the gardener does. And he ties them securely. So what do you need the father to do for you today? I really believe, I had a really clear vision of this meeting today. And I saw the Father, so I, I, I want to walk around. Because I saw the Father walking amongst us. And he wants to bring some healing to some. He wants to restore some. He wants to clean some. He wants to lift them up. He wants them to put them back in place. Is that what you need today? You need the Father to come close to you. I would just pause there for a moment and just say, Father, come close to me. If you need that, just put your hands up and say, Father, will you just come close to me? I've fallen, I've got trodden on, I've got muddy. You know that, that, that word, that, uh, that hymn that Hannah sang about being cleansed in the blood of Jesus. I need that today. I just need to be washed. Are you washed? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb, as another hymn goes? Let him come close to you right now. There's some people that need to be moved for production. There's some people that need to be washed. Some people are moving. And some people need healing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We trust you. Lord, we trust you that you know what you're doing with us. We don't always understand, but Lord, we just want to decide right now here together, we're going to trust you. Father, you know what you're doing. You are the wise and expert gardener. Come and reposition us, Lord, if we need that. Do you need lifting today? But the Father hasn't finished, you see. Jesus also tells us that Sometimes he lifts, sometimes he moves, sometimes he prunes. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like pruning. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit. It's bearing fruit, Lord. Why are you pruning? I don't want the pruning. Anybody? You ever felt like that? (laughs) Maybe it's just me. I mean, it seems pretty hard to me. I'm doing my best to produce fruit. My life is fruitful. I'm successful. And yet the father comes along one day and suddenly snip. He prunes. 
And it's because there's not enough fruit somehow. He wants even more. Really. He wants even more. But this isn't because of you. (laughs) It's not because of you. It's not because of your work. It's not because of your efforts. It's because of him. It's because Jesus is full of life. He's pulsating with life. And you have no idea what your potential is to produce life and to produce fruit. We can get so complacent. You think, I'm doing really well. I'm being so fruitful in my life. And then the father comes along and he snips and he says, it's because I want even more fruit. That's great, son. But I want even more. I want even more. You have no idea what your potential is. Say to yourself, I have no idea what my potential is. (laughs) You don't. We don't. We don't know who we are. (laughs) You have no idea how much power is just in your fingertip. Because you're full of the Holy Spirit. It's an identity thing. And so the Father comes along and he prunes. And Jesus says, the Father, and somewhere else he says, the Father is always working. He's always working. Never stops. He's always working on your life. He's working in your life and through your life. He's always working. He never stops. Isn't that amazing? Can you just rest into that and stop striving? Can you just rest into that and say, okay, God, it's about you. (laughs) Duh. It is. It's actually about him. It's about Jesus' life through me and the Father working on me. I can rest in that. Stop striving. Trust him. It says that the Father is always working and bringing more healing to our lives, more revelation, more fruit, more production. So he prunes, or or the word the authorised version is that he purges. He purges the vine. And this has the sense in it of cleaning, of cleansing, cleansing apart. Cleansing apart, clarifying the branches, making space, clarifying, making space for even more fruit. See, this is what I found out on the internet about vines, so it must be true. This is what I found out. I found out that in the natural, vines have to be pruned back very heavily every year so that they can bear good crops. So grapevines have a natural tendency to grow quickly, and with that growth comes a lot of wood. A lot of wood, and that needs to be cut back every year. So one expert that I read about says, when gardeners prune, take note if you've got a vine, you must remove the majority of wood produced in the previous season. That's about 90% has got to be pruned off after every fruitful season. That sounds painful to me. Every season. I've been doing so well, and then 90% of it suddenly gets pruned off. But this is important because grapevines that are overgrown become so dense. They become so dense, they just don't see it anymore. They don't see their purpose anymore. They become dense with foliage. And what happens is as the foliage grows, the sun gets blocked out. The light gets blocked out on the vine. And do you know what happens? The fruit doesn't ripen. It doesn't ripen. So the fruit that comes is all gnarled up and twisted and horrible and you won't want to eat it and it's bitter. But you see, the Father, he wants us to be producing beautiful fruit. He wants us to be producing fruit that is filled with his glory, beautiful and sweet to the taste. He wants our lives to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice. You got pruned back? Good. 
He wants more fruit from you that's even more beautiful than you've ever seen before. I know some, I know lots of situations. I know you feel like you've been pruned back. I just want the word of God to come to you now and say, good, it's all right. He's come really close to you. And he snipped because he wants so much more fruit. There's so much more fruit for you. So much more production through you. Amen? Lost my place. Now the father, he's, did you know he's a good, good father? You know, have we sung that song enough yet? I don't think so. <laughs> but he's a good, good father and he doesn't prune you to hurt you or to hinder you or to harm you in any way. He doesn't prune you to damage you, although the times of pruning can be painful. They can feel uncomfortable. And when he clears out or he purges these branches, it's to make more space for more fruit production. You need to understand that because, you know, in those times, the enemy comes in and he disillusions you. And then the disillusionment leads to lack of growth and it leads to a very bitter fruit. Don't let him do it. The Father is in charge of your life and the fruit production through your life. The Father is in charge. So when that lie comes, you just turn around and say, no, the Father is in charge of my fruit production. If he wants to remove that ministry, if he wants to move me somewhere else, if he wants to give me a different kind of job, and I thought I was doing right, then I'm going to trust him. I'm going to make that decision. In fact, I'm going to live with not understanding. Because I know that he knows far more than I do. That I can trust him in ways that I've not even begun to trust him. I can't even imagine the good stuff that he's got in store for us. Can I encourage you to stand in that place? You've been feeling the prunings of God. Stand in that place. I also want you to know, I think I've said it already, but I've learned this, that in those times of prunings, which can be so painful, those are also the times when the father, the gardener, comes so close. He's got to, you see, because he's got to get hold of the branch and he's got to cut it and then pull it away. He's come so close in that moment and he's very close. For some of you, you don't know how close the Father is right now, how close he is to your life, how invested he is in your fruitfulness. Has God been trying to get your attention recently? How's he trying to get your attention? We've talked about this several times because it's these chirotic moments in our lives when God breaks in. He comes in, he prunes something. You've got to stop. Stop. Because in those times we panic, don't we? We panic, we say it's drying up, it's not working, it's going wrong. No, stop. When you're pruned, stop. Let him come close. Let him come close. And Lord, what is it you're trying to say to me? And what is it you want me to do next? Is he Lord of your life or not? Is he in charge or not? He's in charge. So these moments where he comes close and things have to stop, how is he trying to get your attention? just feel like that's relevant for somebody today. He's trying to get your attention about something. And sometimes these moments of, uh, of attention are because he wants to correct us. Is that okay if God the Father corrects us or he disciplines us? Hebrews tells us about it. It says God disciplines us for our good 
so that we might share in his holiness. And no discipline seems pleasant at the time. No discipline does. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are being trained by it. Sometimes we don't get the most out of the disciplines of God because we try to move on too quickly because it's too painful. Embrace the pain. Embrace the correction because behind of it is a heart of love. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. He wants to fix you to a different kind of trellis and straighten you out because he loves you and he's not finished with you yet. So he prunes. Other times... It's simply because he wants you to stop being so busy. Stop working so hard. Stop doing so much. Will you just stop? I have this conversation in my house sometimes with somebody. Will you just sit down and talk with me, spend some time? Because we're always so busy. We're busy, busy, busy. Sometimes God comes and prunes stuff to make us stop, and it's about intimacy. He's more interested in the fact that he's come very close to you and that there's a moment of intimacy than your ministry has just stopped in some way or other. Intimacy. So Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit of itself. It must remain in the vine. Sometimes we're drifting off and we don't even realize it. We're drifting into works and busyness. He says, no, I want you to come back. I want you to remain with me, in me. Rest and stop doing. Take some time aside and work on your relationship with the Father. This is essentially about friendship. We're designed for friendship with God, staying connected to him so that we can be fruitful. Even Jesus said that. He says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only do that. I don't run off here, there, and everywhere. I wait to see what the Father is doing. Then there's a third type of branch that Jesus tells us about, and it's one that's become disconnected, become disconnected from the vine. If anyone, verse 6, doesn't remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and burned. I mean, that's, that's pretty hard stuff. I think I'd rather have this pruning, actually, rather than the fire thing. It's pretty hard, but uh, this was to a Jewish audience, and uh, a Jewish person person would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about. I mean, the vine was really important to the Jewish nation. It was like their national emblem. It was adorning their temple. They understood that God had called them to be a fruitful vine in the world, that they were the people of God. And so they would have known exactly what Jesus was referring to. He's probably referring to Hosea who said Israel was a spreading vine that brought fruit for itself. You know, meaning that Israel had become self-serving in its prosperity, and this had led them into idolatry. So he says, as this fruit increased, the altars to false gods increased. They've become too taken up with their own success and prosperity. They knew what Jesus was saying, you're about to get cut off and thrown in the, in the fire. And then the words of Isaiah, my beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes, bitter grapes, and so on. They wouldn't have missed Jesus' meaning, but it's also a warning for us. Paul tells us that everyone's work will be tested by fire. The quality of our work will be tested. That's 1 Corinthians 3.13. 
Testing. We go through testing not to destroy us, but to prove us and to bring out the good that is inside us, the nutrients that God has put there. So how are you building your life? Are you connected to God? Are you staying connected? Are you remaining in him or are you getting too busy? Are you growing more like him? Are you learning how to obey him? Are you falling more in love with him? Because it will affect the quality and the quantity of your fruit. There's no doubt about it that our work will be tested. We need to be diligent about the quality of our lives. Unproductive branches are removed. Churches even close. Businesses that you invested in get into trouble. Even though you prayed for it, it fails. It's unproductive. And it's God's grace to us that these branches are removed, that they're closed down. And when that happens to you, there are moments where you feel like it's just unproductive. It's not going to go anywhere. And God just removes it. In that, just rest. It's okay. Just let it go. Because he's the gardener with all the wisdom. And he knows if something's going to thrive or not. And sometimes he will take us out of our misery and shut it down anyway. And that's it. He's going to replant you somewhere else. Because he's good. So here we go. This is the conclusion. God's sole purpose. Do you you ever know what your purpose and calling is in life? It's so simple. Go and produce fruit. God has commissioned us for fruit bearing, for fruitfulness. There's no other purpose than fruit production. And this is a promise for us as disciples of Jesus. We're called to fruitfulness, to live fruitful lives. Father's committed to our fruit bearing. But we need to submit to his prunings and his movings and his cleanings and his discipline. So how is God trying to get your attention today? What has he made you stop and think about? How is your fruit production going? Do you need to come close for a bit? What do you need the Father to do for you today? Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. The Father, he's the gardener, and he's doing a bit of gardening right now. And he's not spraying weed killer. He's only bringing life. 